Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Randy Mitchell. Jesus said to his disciples, Ye are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Salt and Light confronts the difficult and often controversial issues that affect today's culture. The only hope for this generation is for more people to follow Jesus Christ and for his followers to be salt and light in their community. Pastor Randy will discuss the Bible solutions to help us know what God says about the problems we face today. Salt and Light is a ministry of Temple Baptist Church in Statesville, North Carolina. Here's your host, Pastor Randy Mitchell. Good morning and welcome to Salt and Light. Happy Tuesday morning. Uh, all of you that are commuting here early in the morning, we, uh, we hope and we pray that your commute is idiot-free and that uh, <laughs> the traffic is good <laughs> and <laughs> all of those wonderful things that we hope that a morning would hold. Uh, it is good to be with you and we appreciate all of you tuning in, not only those of you that listen on the radio, but also our live stream viewers as well. Uh, you are a blessing to us, and we pray for you regularly, and we pray that this Salt and Light radio broadcast will be a blessing to you. We have a very special blessing, very special guest here this morning, a uh, gentleman that I have known about for a number of months now, and actually, this is the first time that we've actually met. Now, uh, this is Brother Don Russell, Reverend Don Russell, and he is the administrator over at Southview Christian School. Uh, obviously on the south side of uh, Statesville here, and he has been here since the end of last school year. Brother Don, we haven't had a chance to meet. I've been looking forward to this time. I did get to hear you preach at the graduation this uh, last year and uh, appreciated all the things that you had to say, and I have been hearing very, very good things about how the school's been going and how your ministry has been already being a huge help there at Southview. Of course, Brother Kemmer, he's been on the uh, the broadcast here in the past several times, and I know that pastoring and running a Christian school, he had his hands full, yes. and I could just tell that he was just always... Uh, a little bit, I wouldn't say frazzled, he handled it quite well, but I could just tell that it's like, wow, uh, I really prayed for him, and I know he asked me to pray for uh, several years that God would send a good administrator, and from everything that I uh, hear and see, Brother Don, uh, sounds like that you have been that man, and uh, we appreciate your ministry, a great uh, great need in ministering to uh, young people. And so I want to just, uh, first of all, I'd like for you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. And then after that, I may have a question or two about that. But then after that, I want you to tell our listeners how you came to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. So let's get acquainted here this morning. Okay. Well, um, I came here from Florida. Uh, I was in Florida for over 20 years in Christian education, my wife and I both, she uh, teaches elementary school and uh, currently third grade at Southview. And um, we uh, have been very involved in uh, church ministry uh, and Christian education for many years. But as far as um, our background, we were heavily involved in a school in Jacksonville, Florida for 20 years. Okay. Uh, we were somewhat fixtures there. Uh, I've told people before we we saw leadership change over the time we were there. Uh, the church and associated school went through three pastors, two school administrators. I worked for about five different principals uh, in my role as a teacher and then as the uh, school guidance counselor and academic dean at a certain point. 
And so got to see a lot of leadership styles go through mm -hmm. and try to pick up the best I could from each one. And uh, when God opened the door for me to finish up a master's degree in educational leadership, which I really started that because uh, it was recommended that I get some more education and some counseling courses and some education courses for what I was already doing. And uh, I realized I'd be about halfway to a master's degree. So I figured, well, let's just do the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, God allowed that to happen. Uh, and that's what gave me the credential to step up to the big chair and be the uh, head of school or administrator. So uh, that's the direction God led me. And I uh, served as administrator of a school in the Panhandle, Florida for about a year and a half, and then left there last year. And God opened with the timing and God's timing opened the door for us to come here to Statesville. And uh, we visited uh, almost seven months ago, mm -hmm. uh, just about to the day we visited here. I'd never heard of Statesville. I'd heard of Charlotte because it's the big city nearby. Mm -hmm. uh, and we had driven past Statesville before, up on 77 on vacation before. Uh, but it didn't mean anything to me. Uh, we didn't have any connections here. But uh, when we met Pastor Kimmer, our hearts were knit together very quickly uh, with what his burden was for Southview as a church and as a school moving forward and we connected on all the important things and God just started opening the doors and uh, we uh, sold a house in Florida and uh, just rented up here for the last five months we just closed two weeks ago in a house here in Statesville and uh, I'm in the process of moving in right now we were, we're okay. bringing loads over last night uh, before church. As uh, we say in Statesville, bless your heart. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. That's the big guns, you know, yes, yes. <laughs> that, so. which really just means uh, I'm glad I'm not you. <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife has already said, okay, this is the last big move. We're not doing this again. This is way too much work. So longer you're married, the more stuff you seem to seem to accumulate. So. Yeah. The words <laughs> that we say in ministry that we usually end up regretting. It's like, I know I, I, I got right with the Lord and Asheville. And so my early ministry was in North Carolina, being from out west, back in the 80s in the mountains, my ministry was, I did not feel uh, even had any hope for being effective. The preaching style, the expectations mm -hmm. was just different than what I could e ever be. Went back to Idaho, was there 17 years, and basically for 17 years, uh, if people ask me if I miss North Carolina, it's like, well, yeah, I, there's things about it. I got family here. But I don't think the Lord would ever have me back to North Carolina. Mm -hmm, well, mm -hmm. yeah, I found out that God had a different plan. And, you know, he has a way of doing I don't yes, think that yes. God's, you know, trying to play tricks on us. If we mm -hmm, make a statement mm -hmm. like that, it's like, oh, I'll just show you. I just mm -hmm. think that sometimes um, God just has a plan and he does things that we can't even imagine that he would do. But mm -hmm. we are very, very happy that you are here. Mm -hmm. I know you mentioned Brother Kemmer mm -hmm. from the time that I met him. And he shared his burden and vision for the school. Mm -hmm. And I was very impressed that he, he wants these students to have a, a personal relationship with Jesus yes. Christ. Yes. Yeah, he's concerned about academics. Mm -hmm. And yeah, mm -hmm. Christian school is about giving these kids academics. But as a Christian school, also it's utmost importance that we help develop a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I could tell that that was yes. his burden. I've been pastoring and I've been around Christian education, uh, homeschool, Christian school. Mm -hmm. I've ministered to uh, young adults and teens that were in public school. 
And uh, you know, there was a time in Idaho uh, 30, 40 years ago where uh, public uh, education wasn't necessarily like a horrible option. But boy, things have changed. And my mm-hmm. personal conviction and uh, for a Christian family, that is just not a good option at all. And so I've been around a lot, seen a lot of different things. And uh, uh, one thing I appreciate about what Brother Kimmer said is that he wanted the school to stay on track with the Bible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So many Christian yes. schools, Brother Don, I see them just basically lowering their standards mm-hmm. or throwing them out mm-hmm. in order to gain student body, to get yes. more students. Yes. You know, they got we got bills to pay. We've got to have more mm-hmm. tuition. And so in order to keep kids, they end up playing politics. They end up compromising. And I have seen that just be devastating. Mm-hmm. When you mm-hmm. go down that that's a slippery slope and you know a little compromise today i have said this all along there's always going to be a battle at the line yes if you move the line you may get a little bit of reprieve but it's just tomorrow's battle and it just keeps lessening and what i'm hearing and seeing is that you guys are holding the line and i want to say i appreciate it we'll talk more about this after the break all right All right, welcome back. We are once again joined by Brother Don Russell, the administrator at Southview Christian School right here in Statesville. And uh, Brother Don, appreciate what you had to say in the previous segment, a little bit of background, where you came from and what brought you here. Uh, I liked what you said about that knitting of hearts between you and the pastor there. It is so, so vital that Christian leadership within a church or a ministry that they have good camaraderie and that they're like-minded and on the same page. We're all different and we all have different perspectives, different backgrounds, but when we follow the principles of God's word and we share the same heart, you know, the devil always tries to create discord and division and I know probably in just the seven months that you've been in Statesville there's always going to be situations where you know I don't completely see eye to eye we don't all cross our T's and dot our I's the same way but uh, thank God for like-minded you know I I was thinking about uh, the Lord sending uh, my assistant brother Max Robinson and just how like-minded that we are and it just makes things so uh, I wouldn't say easy but simple Mm-hmm. You know, yes. it keeps things simple. And I appreciate what you said about your pastor and, and sharing his heart and burden. As we um, dive into this segment here, I, I mentioned to you before the broadcast, I wanted you to share your salvation testimony. You know, we talk okay. about mm-hmm. our ministry, but if we don't have a salvation testimony, what we're doing to try to help kids, I mean, none of that matters. This is not an academic thing. This is a spiritual thing. Sure. And we can't impart to these kids what we don't have ourselves. And so I want you to uh, tell our listeners about your salvation testimony. I'm really looking forward to hearing this. Well, and and I appreciate that. Um, It is is true in Christian education. Sometimes uh, people fall on one side or the other of those terms. They'll fall on the Christian side so much that they're so ministry-oriented, they kind of forget that they're a school and the Mm -hmm. academics are low quality. Mm -hmm. And some fall on the education side so strongly Christian starts to fade away, and it becomes keeping up with the world standards right. in education. Boy, I have seen that. I have seen exactly what you're saying. Yes, and I think the, the key is balance, but we're a ministry first. 
because if we're not a ministry, there's lots of schools out there. If you just want to be a school, there's schools with better budgets can out-budget you. And, but we're a ministry, and as a result, we're concerned, concerned about spiritual well-being of the young people. So for me, for myself, um, I did not grow up in a Christian home, a good home. Uh, I had good parents, uh, but they just were not living a Christian life. Matter of fact, I didn't know uh, that they had made decisions to follow Christ when they were young. But when I was growing up, I had no knowledge of that because we didn't attend church. Um, I actually went to my cousin's wedding reception. It's kind of a funny story. We actually were going to the wedding. Uh, we missed the wedding. Uh, my dad didn't know how to get there. And um, somewhat stereotypically, he didn't ask for directions. He said, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. And we, we missed the whole wedding, got there for the reception. When we got there, a man came up to talk to me because uh, I was 12 years old. The only reason I was really there was for the wedding cake because I like cake. Yeah. And so I'm yeah. eating wedding cake and a man comes up to me. You didn't have to sit me. through the ceremony. <laughs> yes, Thanks, Dad. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> have to. I just, exactly. But uh, uh, I, a man came and talked to me and uh, first about you know, superficial things and then eventually asked me what I knew about Jesus Christ. And I, had, I didn't have much of an answer because I really didn't know much. And so he shared the gospel with me. And um, several things I had gotten pieces of in my life here and there kind of came together in that one conversation, I realized when Christ gave his life on the cross, it was for me. And I'd never seen that before. I'd never understood that before. And it, I'm still emotional today. As many years ago as that was, when I realized that Christ gave his life for me and I could be saved and I could see the purpose for my life, that he had a reason for me to be there. And uh, I, I prayed the prayer right there in the front yard with uh, one small child staring at me the whole time. I didn't know. Um, <laughs> I prayed and in tears and accepted Christ. Right, uh, like in the front of the church? The front, or the, it was or at the, someone's house. It was at the front yard of a house that I could not take you to to this day. So this wedding wasn't even at a church? It wasn't a church. It was someone's house. So I have to ask, this, mm -hmm. this gentleman that witnessed to you, mm -hmm. was he part of the family or was he just a casual attender that was just a, a, a real Christian that believed his, in witnessing to people? His name was Donald Barnes and he was the youth pastor of the church my cousin attended. Okay. And it was Galilean Baptist Church um, at that time in Oak Cliff, Texas. Uh, it, I guess one of the notable things about that church is it's the only church that Dr. John R. Rice ever pastored oh, many, okay. many years ago. Um, and so uh, he was the youth pastor and I, I he led me to Christ, and then I started attending things at that church. First, just the youth activities, the fun stuff. But eventually, I started attending church, and I grew spiritually. And And uh, interesting thing, about a year or so after that, I had the opportunity to actually go to a Christian school in high school, and uh, Brocala Christian School uh, that used to exist in DeSoto, Texas, um, at uh, the Church of Clyde Box, if anybody... If, you know the name Clyde I, Box. I know the name. You know. I think that he's been in like Sword of the Lord publication. Yeah, he was he was good friends with uh, uh, Lee Robertson back in the day. Okay, and, yeah, I uh, know the name. So he uh, went to his Christian school and uh, grew a lot in that experience, both at Galilee and at the church and then at the, at the Christian school. So I've had a passion for Christian education because I came out of a big public school in eighth grade to uh, a school where everybody in the grade fit in one room. That was very foreign to me because we had about 500 kids in my grade in eighth grade. And so then I, in ninth grade, small school, small atmosphere, different culture. And uh, I did grow a lot uh, spiritually in that environment. So I have a, have a burden for our young people to know Christ and to grow and be discipled uh, at Southview. And a lot of it probably does come out of the experience I've had and growing up when I went through with Christian school. Uh, but we do need them to know Christ and then I want them to go further. 
to grow in Christ and be able to defend their faith and be able to actually talk about Christ in what is probably a little more antagonistic culture than the one I was in uh, as a teenager, uh, toward Christianity, that is. Yeah, so that would have been, you were 12 years old, I don't, you don't need to tell your age, but about what year would that have been? <laughs> that was in 79. 79, okay. So back then, um, you know, I got right with the Lord in uh, 80, 86, actually. Okay. Um, it was 84 when God really, I, I was saved when I was five, so it had been the early 70s when mm -hmm. I got born again, but I drifted away in my high school years, and uh, God started really speaking to me right after I graduated mm -hmm. high school. It took two years for God to get through to me, but I mm -hmm. finally got right with the Lord. But I can remember when I first got right with the Lord, and I got introduced to uh, the ministry of men like John R. Rice mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. Jack Hiles, and I know that uh, just as a young preacher, soul winning was a very new concept. I mm -hmm. grew up in mm -hmm. Southern Baptist churches, and okay. people talked about outreach and, and witnessing, but nobody, I, I never actually knew anybody that did it. It was, <laughs> everybody seemed big fans of it, but nobody actually uh, would witness or pass out tracks, and so... Okay. I got around that, and it was kind of exciting. And, you know, in the mid-'80s, it's not like that there was just ripe fruit ready to, ready to fall off the vine. You could mm -hmm. go out, but you could go out and mm -hmm. knock on doors. You True. could witness to people, and you could get people that would listen to you. True. Every now and then, you'd get somebody that you could lead to Christ, and mm -hmm. that was a real joy. These days, it's just way more challenging mm -hmm. getting people to even— Take the time to listen to what you have mm -hmm. to say. That's true. And yet we still need to keep doing it because mm -hmm. it's pleasing to the Lord. It's what we're supposed to do. And I, I'm always reminded when I hear a testimony like yours, when we try to witness, you just don't know what God's going to do with it. That's he true. can do whatever he That's wants true. to with it. Mm -hmm. That's true. And I, I think a lot of times in our culture today, you've got, uh, it takes... Uh, more steps sometimes lead someone to Christ. Um, I, the unique situation where the first time you present the gospel to someone, they accept Christ, does happen. Um, I, I led someone to Christ here um, uh, just a couple months ago at Southview who came uh, first time a, a tender and was there. And I actually, I was preaching that night and preached that night and afterwards got a chance to lead them to Christ, but they were ready for it. They came to the church. But when you go out in the community, um, there's a lot of cynicism in our culture, it seems like, and there, and we're, yeah. a lot of people don't answer the door if they don't know you're coming in the first place. So door knocking can be really that is, discouraging. That has been my experience um, too. It seems like if you have a platform to have a connection with someone in the first place, uh, whether it's uh, yeah, your kids play sports together someplace, or there's some community connection where they can realize you're a normal person and can trust you and you're not crazy, and then maybe you can present the gospel then. But sometimes it, it takes a few stages. But I have to say most of the people I know who've come to Christ don't usually accept Christ the first time they hear the gospel anyway. It takes That's a few right. times. The Holy Spirit has to work on the heart. Uh, but we just have to be more creative about it, I think. Yeah, well, and, Paul and said, doing. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Exactly. And, you know, something that I, as a pastor, that I try to emphasize, Brother Don, and, you know, we've been talking about soul winning, and mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. uh, I, I am perfectly fine with the terminology. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I know that in, in modern times, like what you said, we can go out for two hours on a Saturday and knock on doors mm -hmm. and actually come back to to gather and pray, and we didn't even have a chance to talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. People yes, don't come yes. to the door. There have mm -hmm. been too many home invasions, too many people true. that just they don't that's trust that's true. religion. And so we have all of that working against us. But something that I tried started doing a number of years ago, Brother Don, mm -hmm. is to 
de-emphasize the word soul winning and emphasize the word witnessing. Okay. You know, we can go out witnessing. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus said, "Ye shall be witnesses unto me, both mm-hmm. in Jerusalem and Judea." And so, for just for me personally, the the idea of soul winning. When you go out and you don't win anybody, you almost come back thinking, "Well, mm-hmm. I went out soul losing. I didn't do any good." And <laughs> it's just—I know it's just a subtle little mm-hmm. tweak in yes, the mindset. Yes. But mm-hmm. sometimes we think in soul winning that we have to do something to get them saved. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't get saved, or if they didn't listen. We didn't do our job, and that's not always the case. And so you just got to focus, hey, I want to tell people about Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. If Mm -hmm. I go up to somebody and say, hey, could I tell you about Jesus Christ? They may say no, but guess what? I just did. They heard the name (laughs) Jesus Christ, which that's more of a witness than probably they've had Mm -hmm. uh, in in three months, you know, even Mm -hmm. in the Bible Belt. I think there are a lot of Christians out there. They they know Christ, but I think there's still that fear factor, that intimidation. That uh, well, I don't, how do I start a conversation? Do, do, do if I mention Jesus Christ, is it going to dro- drive them away? But I try to keep in perspective. If someone is lost, where are you going to drive them to? They're already on their way to exactly. eternity without God. So yes, it's not I really, don't want to mess this up. It's well, not going to get any worse. <laughs> that's so, right. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. They can't go to it, you know they're, they, if they're on their way to hell, you can't lose. Yeah, so they, you what, might as well open hell, the sequel. No, it's just no. It's yeah, there's only one. So. Yeah, I don't want to mess this up. Well, I'm sorry. They're already messed up. Yes. They need help. They mm-hmm. need hope. And exactly. that hope is found in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're getting ready to have a break here. Okay. But after the break, I want you to uh, talk to our listeners about the ministry of Southview right. Christian School. I want to okay. I want to give you an opportunity to, to promote it, talk it up, mm-hmm. let people know. There are people that are making uh, decisions for their children mm-hmm. in the future Maybe even they're discontent with where their children are today. And Mm -hmm. I know there's Mm -hmm. probably opportunities even in the middle of a school year for students to jump on board. I'll let you tell all about that. And uh, after the break, folks, more from uh, Brother Don uh, Don Russell, (laughs) uh, excuse me, administrator at Southview Christian. We are here with uh, Don Russell, administrator of Southview Christian School right here in Statesville. Brother Don, thank you for sharing your salvation testimony in the previous segment. I really enjoyed hearing. I mean, folks, he had somebody witness to him when he was 12 years old at a wedding. Yes. I mean, what I mean, other than what good stuff comes out of a wedding? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I, I love marriage and marriage is a good thing. But, uh, you know, I've done many, many weddings and uh, I, I, I tell people that I'd rather do a funeral than a wedding, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm thankful that something good that uh, this gentleman at the reception witnessed to you, told you about mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, and your heart was tender, and uh, praise the Lord that you got born again right there that night um, at that wedding. Now, you have been at Southview Christian since, I know you came last fall, just uh, not yes. long before the, the graduation time. Yes, we, we pulled in with our final moving truck about mid-May, and so that was just enough time to unload some things and be able to go to some end-of-year events, but in the process, of course, Pastor Kimmer said, well, would you like to do the chapel, uh, the last chapel? Would you like to preach the graduation and speak? I'm like, okay, I guess I'm getting to work already, because yeah. that technically started June 1st, so, okay. so into May, I got a chance to interact with some of the seniors on their way out, which was nice to at least meet them and uh, get involved a little bit, so we've been here, I mean, 
full force. Uh, I took over in June, so we've been mm-hmm. in the middle of a ton of projects at Southview. Um, over the over the summer, a lot of things were already started. A great deal of God blessed in so many ways, uh, just physically and financially, to be able to improve the campus because some of the buildings were aging; they were showing their age. Yeah. Uh, some all new original. flooring, new flooring, bathrooms all remodeled, remodeled all the restrooms, um, and so they look great. Um, We've got still got details. There's still painting and this, that, and the other. Oh, we, yeah. we th- one thing was under wraps a little bit more from the church side that the school benefits from is redoing the entire kitchen downstairs in the uh, uh, cafeteria fellowship hall. I got to help lay some flooring in that. Uh, you had to help with that. Okay, yeah, awesome, awesome. I was sore for three days. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why I don't do things like that. I let people know what they're doing. I'm sore enough for moving boxes. But, but yeah, redid the kitchen, and it's all commercial quality. And we're still working on a few things. Uh, the gas line has got to be reinspected and some other things like that. But but it's, it's transforming, and uh, things are improving. We have other projects. Um, we're looking to, our PTO is looking to raise money this year for new playground equipment, redo that. Um, our athletic department is focusing on a new gym floor to work toward, uh, just all these things going on. And of course, one of my main concerns is safety and security. New floor for the newly air conditioned gym. Yes, the air conditioning's in the works as well. And I'm uh, looking forward to yes. going to games more now. Yeah. yeah, there we go. There we go. And, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a nice gym. It, it's kind of amazing to me. It has been without air conditioning as long as it has, but, but, um, yeah, I get those units are, are in, they've done the duct work, uh, electro work is what's next. And uh, so um, that, those will be hopefully kicking in pretty soon. Uh, so we have good climate control. So just a lot of infrastructure improvement going on. Um, and then... Um, well, I'm, and aesthetics and visuals are so important nowadays. They um, are. Well, and you want quality. Um, I, I have to say, I, I'm an independent Baptist, so I can pick on independent Baptists. But independent Baptists have this track record of planning for yesterday. Um, you, it's true. You nickel and dime yourself to the point where, oh, yeah, we, we got this done for a great price. Yes, but you didn't really do it the right quality. In 10 right. years now, you're going to spend five times as much fixing it. And we haven't done that. Yeah. We've, we've done what we need to do to have good quality so things I, last. I could not agree with you more. I have seen that. And mm-hmm. uh, I know the ministry that I was part of out west, we had to actually, I mean, all of our planning, we started figuring, look, if God's blessing, it's going to grow. Mm-hmm. We might as well plan for the future, not just the next step, but mm-hmm. at least have a vision for what's what's the growth three, four steps, yes. and let's make yes. sure that the infrastructure and all the preparations mm-hmm. are done. Now, it may cost a little bit extra today for things mm-hmm. that we don't need today, mm-hmm. but it'll save us a ton of money and time when we need it tomorrow yes. if we go ahead and put those things in place. Yes, and, and that's what we're looking for. Where is God going to take us? Not just what we need at the moment. Where is God going to take us? And that means academic programs. I'm evaluating all of those. I'd like to offer more opportunities for students because I feel like part of our ministry is we need to help these students get to the next stage God has for them. And if that means college, okay, then what can we do to prepare for college? If they're going into a trade, what, you know, well, what can we do to expose them to what they need to to go into a trade, to go in the military uh, for a career option? We try to prepare as much as we can for whatever direction God God's leading them. And I'm not the Holy Spirit. I don't tell them where to go or what to do. Mm-hmm. I, I want to give them all they need so they can move forward and be who God has designed them to be. 
And so that goes in everything we do. Uh, we want a safe environment. We want um, a secure environment on campus. I'm working on that, improving communications and processes and uh, just planning for the future. But I really think we're poised for growth. I mean, I don't think God would invest as much as he's invested in Southview if he didn't expect something to happen. He doesn't have a plan for what's coming in the future. And I don't know that I fully understand everything he's going to do. But we're just preparing and, and, and trying to make sure our, our hearts and our souls are knit with what the Spirit's trying to do so we can move forward. But where we are, as you know, is a growing area. Yeah. It is a, there are so many more people moving in here. I mean, we, we just had a house built and just closed on it in the neighborhood next door to Southview. So I'm, I, have, I have a minute and a half commute now, which is really mm-hmm. nice. But right there, but there's hundreds of homes going in there. And so there's more and more people coming in. So this community is going to be changing, but that means more outreach, more opportunity to reach people with the gospel. Communities so. growing, communities mm-hmm. changing. I, I know that Christian education has been for many people who actually wanted to give their children a Christian mm-hmm. education, they've been hindered by finances. Yes, and I know yes. uh, here in the state of North Carolina, there's mm-hmm. some things that have um, have changed, mm-hmm. if I yes. understand. I don't know the details. Maybe you could share there, that, that has made it um, affordable or uh, made it possible for people who desire what Southview has to yes. offer. And I mean, that doesn't mean you just open up the door to anyone. It has exactly. to be a exactly. fit. It has to be right. Yeah. But Well, exactly. Uh, it, it, we, we have some opportunities because there have been some scholarship opportunities that have been opening up more and more. Some legislation was just passed just recently to uh, bring not a full scholarship, but a partial scholarship uh, uh, now within reach to some people uh, based on their, their uh, uh, finances and all. And again, that that can be used and utilized to get into a Christian uh, school. And I, I feel for those families, especially that have multiple kids, you know, so well, I can afford to send one of you, the rest of you, you're on your own. No, you, you don't want to do that as a parent. So it allows more and more uh, students to be able to come without as much financial burden for the parents, which is which is great. Um, one of the things I've found is an earmark of Southview just from the long history, because the school's 52 years old. So um, I can't say it's older than I am, but it's <laughs> it's been around for a while. And uh, one of the earmarks is that it's always been a conservative Christian school focused on keeping uh, the Bible, the Word of God, central. And we want to keep that moving forward. And apparently it's it, it, not that it's a unique thing in the world, but there's fewer and fewer of schools like ours around. But... With the finances and all of that, I'm, we're even looking into what are the things can we do in scholarships and things to make it uh, work for those who fall in the gaps. And again, so we're, we're looking at all those things of how we can minister to those who see the need of Christian education and want to send their kids to a school like ours. And, uh, but there's just a lot of opportunity. There's so much opportunity for growth. And uh, we have some great people there who have a burden and a heart for these kids and uh, enjoy teaching them and, and guiding them spiritually and helping them prepare for the future, uh, what God has for them. And so it's an exciting time to be at Southview. It really is. Yeah. And how many teachers do you have there at Southview? Oh, you had to ask me that. I should know that. We've got some part-times uh, just, as well go, as some full You can do ballpark. <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're in the 20s uh, uh, altogether uh, with part-time and full-time, uh, like mid-20s. And uh, so uh, right now we're um, at the point we're using the facility pretty completely. There's not really any space we're not utilizing for something. And uh, so we have room for growth, uh, still a small school, uh, but have room for growth numerically within uh, the school without having to look at building a new building or anything. And right. uh, so we've got some room, but still Plenty of classrooms, got room for more students mm-hmm. in each classroom. Exactly. So we, we'll max that at 15 per class uh, is where, where we are right now, just because of the size of our classrooms. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, but God's blessed us with, with plenty of room to move and to grow uh, where we are and to improve. 
and see where he leads after that. And if there's some listeners out there, Brother Don, that mm-hmm. are saying, you know, why why should I consider sending my child to Southview Christian School? Um, what would I mean? What would be your answer to that? What are the what are the main reasons, main purposes? What can Southview Christian offer to uh, a, a young person as far as Christian education is concerned that they couldn't get uh, just anywhere else? Well, first of all, we're we're a school that's going to focus on the Bible's perspective of things, a, a biblical worldview, mm-hmm. if you would. Uh, viewing everything through God's lens of his word. Uh, Because every subject out there, I don't care what it is, God's word has something to say about it. And so we need to see God's perspective. Now, a good Christian education nowadays, you have to be aware of how the world looks at things so you understand what they're talking about, but you have to understand what the Bible says. So it's actually twice as much work sometimes. But knowing God's perspective on things in every subject, plus we, we have a desire for quality education. Um, so, say a parent was looking for a school uh, for their student that would address the spiritual needs, uh, the social, emotional, mental, uh, physical, all those different needs, we're going to try to do the whole thing and uh, stress a well-balanced young person prepared to serve God with their lives. And not, first of all, to know Jesus Christ, but secondly, to know how to serve him with their lives and how to share their faith with others. Uh, it's a burden I have is because uh, I've seen the research uh, out there that there's a lot of kids that go to church their whole lives or Christian school. And last statistic I heard, if they go off to secular schools and things, about 80 percent walk away from their faith. Well, that trend has got to stop. Mm-hmm. And so they need to be educated, need to be grown spiritually. They also need to uh, know how to talk about Jesus Christ uh, mm-hmm. to the world around them without being uncomfortable. And so all of those things are wrapped in our goals to, to help them be a spiritually mature young person once they leave uh, our halls. Every parent has uh, challenges on what they see in raising their kids and in a good environment, getting a good education and mm-hmm. so forth, and a good, uh, you know, protecting them from all of the uh, nonsense out there in mm-hmm. the world, mm-hmm. keeping a, a biblical worldview. Yes. From a Christian school perspective, what are, what are your biggest challenges in educating young people in this day and age? I, I know uh, ministry uh, in general has its unique challenges, but what would you say is uh, some of the biggest challenges that you face as an administrator? With this generation, when, and, and there's a lot of places I could go with this, but with, with educating the students, they're very comfortable with a great deal of duplicity. They de- compartmentalize everything. Um, they can have a persona that is real, uh, we, face-to-face. They can have an online persona that can be completely different. They're comfortable with there not being one truth across the board in everything, and that's where the world is with them. So getting to understand that who you are is who God says you are, not who you invent for yourself. That's one of the challenges I run into every Christian school I've, I've worked in is our culture's mindset. And so getting to realize that all truth is God's truth and you, you have to define yourself based on how God defines you. And there's only two kind of people in the world, according to the Word of God, those who follow Christ and there are children of God, those who are unsaved or children of Satan, and that's it. You know, we talk about peer pressure, and of course, uh, student age kids, uh, peer pressure is just a, a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And you talked about duplicity and mm-hmm. compartmentalizing life. I think that kids nowadays, they struggle with what is their identity. Mm-hmm. That's true. And there's so many That's influences true. between social media, mm-hmm. technology, cell phones, and what have you. They are inundated with influences mm-hmm 
24-7, and those influences just tug and war. There's Mm -hmm. a tug Mm -hmm. of war in the Mm -hmm. heart trying to figure out who am I. And, you know, they they may go to church and they spend an hour there, but it's just not enough to overcome all the other influences. So Mm -hmm. I I appreciate what you had to say and uh, looking forward to more of this after the Welcome back to our final segment this Tuesday morning, joined by uh, Brother Don Russell, Administrator of Southview Christian School. Uh, Brother, we've been having a great time here this morning, and I appreciate everything that you've had to say. We've talked about worldview. We've talked about challenge in Christian education. We, uh, you got an opportunity to share your testimony, and that always encourages my heart. I know that uh, someone out there was listening and it encouraged their heart as well. But uh, here, this last uh, segment that we have here, uh, let's talk about spiritual leadership. Right. Let's talk about what what is lacking and what is needed. Uh, there needs to be spiritual leaders. I know when I see young people, especially teenagers, you see so much potential. You just think, wow, if they could just get a hold of this fact that God wants to use them and if they would uh, get past that duplicity that you talked about last segment and just realize that, hey, I'm, I'm saved. My identity is in Jesus Christ. I need to make my life count for him. You know, the world's pulling and tugging in so many different directions and uh, so much misinformation that's out there. If they would just get into the Bible, the Word of God, and figure out this is who I am, this is what God wants me to do, and then just do it, what a joy it would be. But let's talk about that here this morning. Okay. Let's, and that's a passion of mine. Leadership has been a passion of mine for a long time. Um, and again, I've had some very good spiritual leaders who've poured into my life at different times. Uh, that I've, I've drawn from. Some are my mentors. Some are those those people on my short list. When something's going on, I shoot the text to them and say, okay, pray about this for me, and they will. And uh, and so I've had some great spiritual leaders that have had influence, and I'm just concerned. I've, I've also seen some pretty pretty poor people in positional leadership um, that, that were not really um, genuine, because this generation is looking for sincerity and looking for you to be genuine and be real. They really yeah. are. Um, some people complain about the current generation coming up, that Gen Z, as they're called, and uh, are concerned about uh, things like how accepting they are of everything. Well, the positive thing, they are accepting. Uh, there are other generations that aren't as accepting. And so uh, that's something you work with. Now, maybe they accept things they shouldn't sometimes, but uh, but their generation coming up, they're, they're looking for sincerity, and, and they're looking for something that's genuine, looking for something that's real. And so our, our in spiritual leadership, we need to be honest about the truth, and we need to be transparent and they need to know they can trust us because I think a lot of them have been failed uh, in many ways um, in in this generation yeah um, and I, I, it does start at home I mean I, one of my burdens with Christian education is not just ministering, ministering to students ministering to the parents and help them become the best parents they can be because it starts there that's how leadership is modeled is in the home but then our, our pastors and other people in spiritual uh, roles need to be completely above board and and honest and and genuine as well because they need to know that they can trust leadership uh, if it's ever going to be effective because leadership basically is influence anyway it's not a it's not a title that's right it's not something we do it's something that we are yes and you know i grew up and i saw a lot of inconsistencies among Mm -hmm. spiritual leadership Mm -hmm. and i struggled with that and that's probably very I, i can't blame my 
trip to the far country uh, mm-hmm. in my high school years. I can't blame it on that because mm-hmm. I was saved and I knew better. Mm-hmm. But I, I look back and I can, I'm pretty certain that that influenced me. It pointed me in that direction, mm-hmm. the inconsistencies that I saw among Christian leadership. And when I got right with the Lord and surrendered to serve him and when God just, you know, in his own providential way, put me into ministry and into the pastorate, uh, that's always been something that I've been very passionate about, and that is being real, being mm-hmm. sincere. You know, there's a, I, I look at my life and my ministry, and I see, I see more deficiencies than I see <laughs> uh, qualities. And, and, you know, sometimes we, we kick ourselves around the block and beat ourselves up too much. But I see a lot of that. And yet, one thing that I hope that when it's all said and done, I can look back and say, hey, at least what you saw was real. It was sincere, mm-hmm. and it was trustworthy, ethical. I want to be ethical. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, I want to stay moral because so many people in the ministry, I think that Satan has a target on spiritual leaders Mm -hmm. and he is going to do everything he can to um, to tempt them into immorality or Mm -hmm. tempt them to just cut a corner here and there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times people in ministry, they get away with it today. They get away with it tomorrow. But eventually those breaches of ethics, Mm -hmm. they they pile up and they end up you know, imploding. And a lot of people are hurt by that, and especially the young people. And that's why it's so imperative that we model integrity and, and hopefully spirituality and, yes. and that we set that example. Uh, leaders have to be out front. And yes. it's not just a, it's not a technique per se. Sometimes mm-hmm. we think leadership is a technique. Mm-hmm. I believe if we will be Christ-like and we'll love people and do the best we can to pour ourselves into them. That's mm-hmm. that's leadership within who we are. Yes, and one thing I've, I've found too, with especially with young people, and again this generation we're dealing with now, they're okay with you making a mistake. That that accepting nature of this generation, they realize you're not perfect. And if you make a mistake and you just right in front of them say, oh, I shouldn't have done that, but they're fine with that because mm-hmm. that's genuine, that's real because they know they make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they, what they don't want to see is someone who pretends they never make a mistake yeah. and always covers things. That'll turn them off really fast. And, and, and then they, they won't see believe them, man. They got an uncanny yeah. sense to they, see through that. They do. And, and that also means when you're delivering truth to them or the Word of God, if you've not built that credibility with them, now they're not going to get the message. The message you're delivering might be good, but you've hindered so yourself and be able to deliver it. And I, I just I don't have to be perfect. I just don't want to make bad enough mistakes or foul up enough to where that they're going to miss what God has for them. That's what's more important than me and my influence in their lives. So that's that's my concern. And so it, it, it's for me it's 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 I've seen good and bad leadership, and I've learned from both. Um, but I want to be that kind of leader that they can trust and is going to operate ethically. And if I do make a mistake, and I will, if I haven't disappointed you yet, you haven't known me long enough. It'll happen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, but when it happens, I'm going to be honest right then. Of course, that helps uh, those situations. We, we think of the horror stories of those who in ethics and mora- morality have gone uh, too far um, and made a mistake that sometimes disqualifies them in ministry. If those leaders had developed a practice the first time they got off course to just be honest about it then, that maybe they never would have gotten all the way down the path uh, to those really, really damaging decisions ethically. Yeah, I mean, mistakes are part of leadership. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, if, if, if someone's perfect, it's because they haven't done mm-hmm. anything. Yes, if, if people make no mistakes, they're probably not doing anything. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so. and, and that's probably, that's the drawback of any leadership is when mm-hmm. you're in leadership, you're, 
you're being scrutinized. That's true. That's the That's fishbowl effect, and they're going to be people are going to be looking at you with a microscope and looking to find fault. The devil's going to make sure that that happens. But you know, God's faithful, and that's where you know Paul talked about being sincere and being and you didn't use the terminology being real, but you get mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. in the Apostle Paul's ministry and what he yes. coached Timothy to be. Yes. And he said, let no man despise thy youth, but yes. be thou an example. Yes. He said, the husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruit. You have mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. you can't help other people produce fruit in their life if you're not producing that fruit in your own yes. life. And yes. so uh, that is so imperative. We need uh, Christian leaders that set good examples. And we need, we need students that mm-hmm. have a desire that that's what they're looking for. Yes. I, I think when, it, when it, one of our students at a Christian school and at Southview sees a consistent example of someone serving God with their lives, they realize that's what I want and that's what I want to be. And and so we've got to show the mind of Christ in all that we do. I mean, the word says, let this mind be in you, which also in Christ Jesus. We we need to exhibit that that uh, for the students. And if they see that genuineness, they'll realize this is different than what the world offers. Because, you know, the world offers all kinds of tantalizing things, you know, up front. Now, you pay for it later. Right. First, God operates the other way. Yeah. <laughs> he says... Yeah, maybe struggles now, but they'll come a day you'll be glad you did. And he there are there are around. ministers today that will that are very entertaining. I mean, they're mm-hmm. cool and sure. they're hip hop and they're trying to reach young people mm-hmm. by being mm-hmm. cool. And they'll reach them today, but mm-hmm. they won't be respected tomorrow. There's no doubt. And I, mm-hmm. you know, what we're talking about here today, I know I've tried mm-hmm. to example that in my own ministry. Mm-hmm. And how many mm-hmm. times have I had? Young people under my ministry that I didn't think I was doing any good whatsoever. <laughs> they didn't. True. They didn't act like they were interested in one thing that I had to offer. Mm-hmm. And then you find out as they grew up, they looked back and they said, "Wow, Brother Mitchell, you made a huge difference in my life." And I'm just, you I'm just like, "Wow, did, I had no yes, idea." Yes. But and that's where, in the long term, mm-hmm. doing right, getting God's blessings—that's what's going to pay yes. off. Yes. Any, any last thoughts before we uh, the show's uh, finished um, today? Well, I just appreciate the opportunity, Pastor, to uh, let me come on the show and talk a little bit. And as I mentioned during break, I can I can talk all day. That's not a problem. Uh, <laughs> but just to share a little of the ministry and what God's done in our lives so far and just the enthusiasm we have about what God's doing at Southview and where we're going. And, and, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do uh, because he's, he's poured so much into this place that he's got great plans. Well, it has been a joy to have you here on Salt and Light today, and we look forward to doing it again in the future. I hope that you've enjoyed it enough that you'd be willing to come back. Anyone out there that's interested in Southview Christian School, uh, what would they need to do to get in touch with you if they had uh, questions about the school? Well, probably the easiest thing to do, of course, we've got the website, uh, southviewchristian.org, southviewchristian.org, and they could... They could uh, do that. I mean, you go to the website, you're going to find the phone number and everything. Uh, you can email info at southviewchristian.org just for general information. And uh, we'll get back with you as quick as uh, we hear from you. All right, folks. Don Russell, administrator of Southview Christian School. It's been a great day today, and uh, thank you for being on the broadcast. Uh, folks, we hope that you'll have a great day. And uh, if you are not saved, we we want you to really consider that Jesus Christ loves you and that he died for you. And you ought to be thinking about that. If you've got kids and you've got to make some education choices, consider Southview Christian School. God bless you. Have a great day. We appreciate you taking the time to join us at Salt and Light. It is our desire that you experience the joy of following Jesus Christ. 
He loves you and he died on the cross for your sins. He will give you hope, peace, and eternal life if you will repent of your sins and trust him as your savior. You may see yourself as a good person, but you will never be good enough to deserve heaven. You may see yourself as bad, but you can never be too bad for Jesus to forgive you. You can call upon him to save you this very moment. If you are a born again Christian, we wanna encourage you to obey Christ's command and be salt and light to those around you. We encourage you to find a Bible-believing church that does not compromise or water down the Bible and get involved serving the Lord. If you have a Bible question or a particular issue you would like us to discuss on Salt and Light, visit our website at templebaptistnc.com. Click on the Salt and Light link. Once again, that's templebaptistnc.com. May the Lord bless you. We hope you'll join us again.